Hey, and you're tuned to Mind Body Health. My name's Cobb. I'm in Philo Engineering. Welcome, Dr. Marvin Trotter. Welcome, Cobb. Thank you for doing the show. I have with us today Judson Howe, the president of the Adventist Hospitals in Lake and Mendocino County. Good morning, Judson. Hey, good morning, Dr. Trotter. Good to see you again. Um, do I call you Hefe or CEO or? Oh man, just neighbor is fine. Yeah. Anyway, um, so the show will be an interesting one because of the recent turmoil with Blue Cross and the hospital, uh, which has been resolved. But I think um, trying to explain to the public what happened will be an interesting discussion. But first of all, I have to ask Judson how how he got to Mendocino County. Yeah, um, I mean. The semantic answer is it came with the 101. Just got on the 101 in LA and kept going until um, I got to the Lost Coast and then stopped. But uh, yeah, I think you're looking for a different answer. So I've actually been with Adventist Health prior to being here in Mendocino County. But uh, in 2015, uh, after working for a few years in Los Angeles for one of our bigger hospitals, I had the opportunity to be the director of finance for these two, these two being Ukiah and Howard at the time. And so had a chance to be here since the beginning of 15 yeah i think that's when i met you yeah originally. yeah absolutely CFO. i think you were cmo and then you had stepped down a touch and then come mm -hmm. back and so right. if you guys remember gwen matthews she was a long time uh, president here in the market right. i worked under her in fact i had worked for her in, in los angeles oh really well. yeah yeah gwen was wonderful she she is a wonderful person so um you know, it's quite made quite the newspaper articles about Blue Cross and Anthem, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and lots of people have Blue Cross. Cause, could you give us an outline of what happened the last few months? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's actually something that hasn't happened in Mendocino County or Lake Counties in, in, in quite a while. Um, however, in the urban markets, it happens somewhat on a more regular basis. But and I don't want to go into too many esoterics for the listener, but I also want to assume that we have a very educated um, uh, listener base. So what happens in healthcare is we have a mixture of um, payers, if you will. And up here in this community, we have a lot of Medicare, which is the 65 plus. And then we also have the Medicaid, which in California we call Medi-Cal, which is you know, our community members um, that qualify for, for those support services, which has been broadly expanded in a very beneficial way um, under healthcare reform since 2010. But then there is about 15 to 30% of our community members that are what we call in the industry commercial, but it's your Anthem Blue Cross, your, your Blue Shield, your United Healthcare's others as well. And what happens is those are actually contracts between ourselves being Adventist Health and these, again, commercial payers, as we call them in the industry. And these contracts come up for termination on a regular basis. And that is really what happened is we were coming up on a date of termination. And so the negotiations were underway. So it's interesting to think about how many folks that we have covered by Blue Cross, how... Um, um, how much they want to keep the the population they have versus the hospital who, you know, in a rural community like this, we need the best payers, best payment from the commercials to uh, be able to survive the large Medicare, Medi-Cal population. Yeah, um, I think, you know, again, assuming our, our, our listeners are, are very um, knowledgeable, and I'll go into some esoterics, right? And, and let's start with the macro view. So I just was had a chance to be in New Hampshire uh, last week at Dartmouth, the Dartmouth Institute, if, if our listeners are aware of that. And really the focus is around how does America as a country address what many of us see as a runaway train of costs mm -hmm. and overutilization. And Dr. Trotter, you're a primary care physician and then ER physician. Incidental findings, imaging is is at a high resolution now where we have ethics around incident nomas, I think is what you guys call them, right? Where you find things that you didn't intend to, or screening is now becoming more and more pervasive, whether it's mammography or PSAs or genetic screening. All these things are leading to a world of much higher utilization. And many of us have seen these statistics. While America has no doubt but though, although not universally, some of the best equipment and access in the world for those who have 
means we're not doesn't necessarily delivering the best longevity or the lower costs um you know so we have some of the highest costs in in, in the in the in the world and sometimes by multipliers four and five times greater than countries like germany or switzerland or spain and england and 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 while we have a certain brand of those healthcare systems the reality is people are living longer in japan than they are in the united states at a fraction of the cost with fewer complications through their life and so going back to really where your question was um there is a universal understanding in all parties in healthcare at least in california that costs are unsustainable something's going to have to change and yet while costs are continuing to climb there continues to be quite a few people that are being left behind so let's go back to mendocino county where i shared recently in a business roundtable and i'm not talking lake county or napa county where we also have hospitals but in mendocino county alone we spent about 167 million dollars on wages and benefits and that doesn't even include what we pay our physicians, which aren't our employees, as you know, Dr. Trotter, they're independent of us. Um, and yet we've we've already put 20% increase into wages in the last six months. Six months. In the last six months. And yet we still are using temporary traveling employees from outside the community in ways that we never have before. And so we're not done. And so when a national firm like blue cross which they're fully entitled to they're a for-profit they're um by design beholden to their shareholders right right and i'm not trying to make a economic statement or right. i'm just as a matter of fact a corporation they are a for-profit corporation that has a fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders to maximize the wealth of their shareholders and I, that maybe works in some communities. But what happens in Mendocino is like what happened in the timber industry, right? Where you come and you take wood and you take it to San Francisco. You come and take water, you dam the lakes, you take it elsewhere, right? And now I'm being a bit provocative. But what I didn't want to happen is you charge the school districts, the cities, the county, the other um, um, employers of our community, and then take that money to outside of Mendocino County. And that's what I told some of our politicians, which is, Premiums have already gone up. Premiums are what employers pay to the insurance companies. So that money had already been elevated. Avenue's Health had already invested additional costs into mm -hmm. Mendocino County. And yet, again, through a natural negotiating process, and I'm trying to make it less emotional because sometimes human emotions get into it, but really what they're doing is what they do, which is mm -hmm. negotiate rates, right? So the initial proposals are well below inflationary pressures. And so what that would have led to was loss of economic value from Mendocino County. And so you're pleased with the grade A, B, or C changes in the uh, payments to the hospital? I mean, is this a sustainable thing? Yeah. I, I mean, there's that's a nuanced question, Dr. Charter. And you know. know that as you ask it, you're trying to, you're trying to, trying to pull me into a broader conversation. I would say um, I do appreciate the support from the community that brought a national insurance company to the negotiating table when they weren't willing to initially in a meaningful fashion. Okay. Um, it, and we are in a better spot because of the support okay. of the community. Okay. Um, I'd like you to go back to the broader picture because I remember as CMO um, – you know, Medicare, Medi-Cal took up some 75 or 85% of the hospitalizations and hospital work, yeah. correct? It's that's, still that's, the situation. It's still true. Um, you know, I like to give, you know, I don't know if I can place names in here, but I like to give credit to people like Carol Mordhorst, um, who previously was the public health director for Mendocino County. And she had the vision of really entering Mendocino County into an alternative relationship on the medical side. And she had a vision of how do we bring in Partnership Health of California, who has a history of not just driving utilization, but actually aligning community-based organizations like Adventist Health 
with the health of a population of people, in this case, the Medicaid, Medi-Cal population, and align them around reducing utilization and measuring them and paying them based upon quality performance, quality of how much screening is getting done. Again, like we said earlier, screening can be a way to early detect what would later be a more expensive um, right. health, health event. Um, creating more access, incentivizing us for third next availables, which is a term we use for how easy it is getting to the clinics, which listeners is a problem here in Mendocino County. So um, anyways, so we've been blessed with an alternative Medi-Cal model, which has allowed us to align our healthcare incentives with MCHC, with MCC, with Bechtel, with Tribal around how do we create access in the primary care setting so that people can actually get preventative lifestyle medicine, which really is what we should be looking for. And if we don't address those in a primary care setting, those issues often become acute. I don't know if you'd agree, Dr. Trotter, but that's been the... No, absolutely. And I don't know if the public realizes is how difficult it is to recruit primary care people. The average medical student now is graduating with something like a quarter million dollar in debt. Mm -hmm. And so... Dermatology, ENT, uh, radiology, mm-hmm. you know. Also, when I was in medical school, maybe 10% of the students were female. Now, 52% of the medical students are female. And you want to be a mom, a doctor. Where do you want to raise your kids? What is your husband's occupation? Uh, rural medicine, just in general, I think is, you know, like a 10% of the people yeah. are willing to work outside of a yeah, I remember it's when it first city. came up here, and I was ready to get out of Los Angeles, you know, just 100 miles of sprawl, right? I mean, it's it's everything that Mendocino County is not. Um, and I get up here, and you hear stories about, oh, well, the spouse doesn't wants to be closer to a Nordstrom's or some fancy store in the city. But I think what it really is, is not so much that, is they want their spouse to have a meaningful occupation. And I think that's really challenging. Of course, housing is a challenge as well um you know we look at things mm-hmm. like and we can go into this if you want you know building a new hospital in ukiah for example if we create two three four hundred jobs in the community where are those people going to live and again i want to i want to go on the record slash you know not as my in my president of Adventist health capacity but as a as a community member one of the things that i enjoy most about this community is the rural nature so i'm not pushing for um, the new LA, yeah, the new LA. But I would like to see some. You know, there are some thought leaders across the country and in Europe on how to create density and capacity and still retain um, the flavor of your community. So, so I would for us to have that conversation, fellas. Can I interrupt here? Absolutely. First of all, um, Judson, can you reintroduce yourself and what your job is with Adventist Health? Absolutely. So my name is Judson Howe, and it's a bit of an odd spelling. It's J-U-D-S-O-N. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm actually the president for Adventist Health, what we call the North Coast Network. And that's Fort Bragg, Adventist Health, Mendocino Coast, um, Adventist Health, Howard Memorial, Ukiah Valley, Clear Lake, mm-hmm. um, Santa Lena. And we have a behavioral health hospital in Vallejo that uh, is important to our services. Cool. So- and, and then... Um- so you're directing as president all manner of everything hospitals. Like, are you the top guy, or what's that really like for you as your job? Maybe context is I do report up to Adventist Health Systems Office, and uh, which is located in Roseville, outside of Sacramento. And Adventist Health is a 26 hospital system, mostly in California, but also Oregon and Hawaii. Okay, got it. But you're and, right. He used to be the boss at UVMC. But now he's the boss for five hospitals. Got it. That's a big job. Um, it's a crazy job. And then we got right into this story that I'm somewhat unfamiliar with regarding insurance and people's letters due to, like, Anthem and Blue Cross. Narrated pretty well that that's a, a commercial contracting insurance process um, that's covering, you know, all sorts of workers, commercial workers, that um, get their insurance through those companies. I get that part. Mm-hmm. Do, I, do I have that right? You do. Okay. Can you start over with that story? What happened for people? What was their on-the-ground story yeah, that on the began ground. this, you know, that 
makes people wonder and want to pay attention to that question that you were answering. Yeah. You know, when Dr. and I, Dr. Trotter and I saw each other about a month and a half ago, it was the story. Um, and what happens is when commercial contracts and healthcare providers like Avenus Health um, get into a more um, serious negotiating pattern, oftentimes the insurance companies will inform the public and the employers of um, tense negotiations and inform the community that there will be no network of services in the community anymore. And that is what happened here, and Avenus Health responded. Okay, so people were getting these letters making whatever negotiations the two companies had going on somewhat yeah, uh, public and uncertain for them as a yeah, it definitely elevates anxiety and, and uh, you know, they'll say stuff like, um, Avenus Health will be out of network, you will need to find a different provider. Oh, uh, right. That's pretty intense to get in a letter. I could see how that would be. It definitely, understandably, creates a lot of fear and anxiety. And and I should say, Cobb, um, this issue is resolved. Oh, I got it. Yeah, yeah, this is not an ongoing issue. This was just um, informing our listeners who take the time to listen of, What's going on in American healthcare? Why does this happen? Oh, got it. So right now, people have all their insurance. It's all pretty much normal, and the all insurance companies—they, you figured it out. Yeah, I think I think people saw inside the sausage factory um, that they didn't want to see inside of. Yeah. So well, ho- hopefully, I still enjoy the the food. Okay. Um, and then I'm wondering when you want the phone lines opened up, Doctor Trotter. Whenever you, whenever you're ready. Cool. Well, the number to call if you are interested to ask a question of Judson Howe, the president of Adventist Health, uh, locally five hospitals, and and or our host Dr. Marvin Trotter, who is part of the Adventist Health um, system and host of this show here on KZYX, which you're listening to. Call 707-895-2448. That will get you live into the studio with your question. That's 707-895-2448. Thanks. I'll bring up a topic that um, drives me nuts is prevention. You know, I I see um, as an internist and in the emergency room and in the clinics, um, you know, we spend twice as much money per capita for healthcare as Canada does. Um, but if you look at the problems, it isn't rheumatoid arthritis, it isn't glioblastomas of the brain, it's that we're eating, drinking, and drugging ourselves to death. And I keep wondering when we're going to get the best elementary schools built in the world. Please look up Iceland drugs and teens. I think that kids need to be healthy and having after-school programs, the very best sports programs, et cetera, is um, important to that. And if we can't do that on an elementary school level, then don't come to me uh, saying we have so many feet being cut off from diabetes. Well, yes, when you have an enormous amount of diabetics and they smoke cigarettes, you're going to have feet cut off. So I think prevention, 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 as Carol Mordhorst told me, one of the reasons that I worked so hard to get the Alex Rohrbach Center built is something that we uh, need to focus on. Um, I think you kind of buried the lead well, on that. Well, which speaking of cutting things off, fellas, we yeah. had a call coming in, Thanks. so I know we want to hear um, Judson's response as far as the concept of prevention and where the hospitals are going with that. Let's yeah. take a call. Okay. okay. Welcome to Mind Body Health. You're live on the radio. Well, uh, good morning. Let me turn this down. The seven second delay is maddening. Hold on, just appreciate it. We'll cut that off. Good morning. Let me turn this. Okay, there, there we go. Uh, Judson, good morning. Uh, Norman Duvall calling, Secretary of Mendocino Coast Healthcare District. Uh, can you, could you please explain to the uh, to the listeners the relationship between Adventist Health and the Mendocino Coast Healthcare District? Really, what is the function of the district, and how do you see it playing out in uh, 
in, in the future years. And second question would be, when do you think that uh, Edna Health will make a decision uh, to uh, pr- pursue uh, the ownership of the hospital? Thank you. Hey, Norman, hey, Norman well, good to hear from you. Oh, I haven't seen you in a while. Um, Norman, longtime supervisor, um, longtime community advocate um, around healthcare. So, Norman, I think your first question is to define the relationship. Um, so the the district that I that you are the leader of or a leader of is an, a democratically elected board um, that is um, based upon a district of parcels across the the uh, the coastal communities. Right, it actually comes in as far as Compshi, if I remember correctly, and um, from the '60s, um, the district owned and operated a hospital um, up until a community vote in 2020 um, asked Avenus Health to manage the hospital that was owned by the district. And Avenus Health has been um, collaborating with the district since June 30, 2020 to sustain um, access to healthcare, acute healthcare on the coast. Um, Norm, is there something else that you wanted me to, to go into on that? What do you think the long-range view is with the uh, uh, with Adventist Health at the at, 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 on the Mendocino Coast? Do you foresee a, uh, a the future being a hospital about how many beds, or do you see it as a stabilized and transfer facility? Yeah, I think the important thing is to collaborate with the district and the community, right? Of course, we have. A measure C oversight committee out there as well to collaborate with, you know, this triad or, you know, four party system between the community, the district, the measures health to sustain healthcare. Healthcare can is broadly defined as Dr. Trotter was, was mentioning a moment ago. My focus right now, Norm, to your point is creating excellent acute and emergent and ambulatory medicine on the coast on the ambulatory side. Uh, we do have partners. Um, MCC is an excellent primary care provider out there. There are some independents out there as well, um, all doing an excellent job in a very tough um, environment to create access to healthcare. And, and the thing that's beautiful, Norm, is like working with you and, and others is there is strong alignment around the fact that Mendocino County is a tough place to provide medicine. Like Dr. Trotter retired at the age of 45 i think it was he's not he's not laughing um because this is a very challenging community um which is really what gets me up in the morning Uh, i know for judy leach our administrator on the coast and the entire team out there is how can we design healthcare programs that sustain that access to healthcare to a community that would otherwise be left behind and i don't mean patronizingly fort bragg i mean look at look at laytonville look at garberville look at round valley um, look up between Ukiah, Willits, and Eureka, and Ferndale. There, Fortuna. There is there's a, a healthcare desert that exists. Other than Phelps, that runs a census of 1.6, I believe, with some skilled nursing beds inside of it. There is an amazing dearth of healthcare for a very large population. And I say, I think our population is bigger than our census shows. This is me not quantifying this, but anecdotal just from a qualitative perspective and also talking to Costco a couple of years ago when they first opened in Ukiah, I said to them, why, why would you put a Costco here? You know, granted I was, I was thrilled and excited. Granted I don't shop there, but I was excited that it was here. And they said, there are a hundred thousand people with a, within a 30 minute drive of this lo- this location right here. And there is no census that's going to show that. The reason I, I digress to that point, Norm, is because there are a lot of people in our community that are begging for access to healthcare. And what I would implore our community to do is align around that aspiration, which is together we can do something bigger than we can do um, separately. Yes, we need good governance. Yes, we need good oversight. But the reality is there are a lot of people hustling in this community to create access in a very, very challenging market. And I appreciate the support of the district. Just just for listeners to understand the situation for Mendocino County, in the United States, there's 3.3 hospital beds for every 1,000 people. Five states have five hospital beds for every 1,000 people. Mendocino County has 1.1 bed 
for every for every thousand people. To have two critical access hospitals and a 50 bed UVMC hospital, um, healthcare is tough to come by in Mendocino County, and it's no surprise to me that Kaiser Hospital doesn't exist here, or that St. Joseph hasn't built a hospital in Willits. Um, Adventist is working in a in a very difficult rural poor area, and getting primary care and and nurses uh, is a very difficult issue. Yeah, a couple more. Hey, One. so I'm going to interrupt you guys again. Uh, oh. We have another call waiting. Well, and, and, well real quick, because yeah, go ahead. Norms, norms important to me, and everyone is. Norms especially important to me. So I will say these this there there are 480 rural hospitals that are expected to close in the United States in the next 24 months. That may not come to fruition. Potentially, um, some policies can su sustain them. And secondly, just kind of honest note, I was on the coast five years ago, and I met a woman. I can't remember her name. She was pushing 90 years old, and she found out what who I worked for, and she said, the one thing you can do for me, this is Walala, is provide me the access that I need to age in place. I moved here. I want to stay here and I'm running out of options. And so by golly, I'm trying to figure out how to pull that off. Thank so you. when you say that all these hospitals are going to close, are, is there any, I mean, there's a way where a person could hyper react and interpret that. Uh, are there any plans or possibilities of hospitals around here closing nearby? think um up across the northeastern part of the state there's quite a bit of risk um i think the north sierra has some risk um i think there's sustained duress across parts of california that we're not immune to but around here like with the hospitals you're working for they're looking to be able to stay open immediately next 24 yeah. months again i think we're blessed to have systems like Adventist health providence and sutter in our communities that are investing um, from their balance sheet to keep these communities with their access to health care. Cool. Thanks. All right. Welcome to Mind, Body, Health. You're live on the radio. Go ahead with your question. Oh, we don't got them. There's so fewer trying to get through. The number to call to get your question live on the air, 707-895-2448. We do have a caller waiting that's 895-2448. Um, and if you hear the radio on your phone, you know you're in the queue. Also, you might hear a little click and it'll quit ringing and you might not hear much, but that means you're likely on hold. So I appreciate you listeners working with us in that way. Welcome to Mind Body Health. You're live on the radio. Uh, hi. I. This is me? <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're live. Go ahead with your question. <laughs> Yes, hi there. Yes, my name's Annette Gardner. I formerly, I was a faculty member at UCSF where I did quite a bit of research and evaluation work on just these issues for the Medi-Cal population. And I was wondering what involvement the county has around CalAIM, the five-year Medi-Cal Section 1115 demonstration, which is many ways supposed to bring some solutions to these problems, particularly around care coordination and hard-to-reach populations. And then the second question is about Kaiser and Kaiser having potentially inroads into the Medi-Cal program and whether that we might see that actually make um, come into Mendocino County. And then the last point, um, given uh, Dr. Trotter's comment on prevention, that the hard truth is that we're an aging population. And, you know, that is something besides aging in place. We have to age everybody healthily in place. So, you know, how does that, how does Advantage going to, to kind of keep tackling that issue? Thank you. Thanks. So if I remember the first one, um, Wolf One, Annette, if I remember your name, Annette Gardner, nice to meet you. And actually, I'd love to talk to you offline. I'm actually been talking to some professors and thought leaders back east, but I'd love to connect with some more regional thought leaders um, in rural healthcare research. And so, um, if, you know, maybe we can find a way to connect offline. Uh, I remember the question around CalAIM. I think that was the first one. If there's one before that, I forget. Yep. 
um, Cal Aim, just for the listeners, is a very um, thoughtful approach by the state of California to invest dollars into programs such as there's a there's a path program there's enhanced case management there are um you know there's an intentionality around closing the holes in 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 communities and connecting aligning community-based organizations around a common goal it's a bit of a word salad and i apologize but think about actually creating intentional revenue streams for underhoused populations not just homeless shelters but also um, safe housing on a long-term basis or not just er or urgent care visits but access to primary care um, we use the term enhanced case management. Actually, Dr. Trotter, I should disclose, actually um, um, is a thought leader for Adventist Health in the community around uh, um, outpatient management, which is trying to find ways to provide preventative medicine for what we call high utilizers of very expensive services like the ER and inpatient utilization. And so... Um, he's he's someone that uh, has designed a lot of workflows around this, and so these things have been done by Avenus Health because our, we're aligned both from a mission, vision, and values perspective on the health of our communities, um, and also because of our alignment with Partnership Health of California, um, and so we have been funding these from local dollars for about 13 years. So to um, Annette's point, this is creating new revenue streams, and I appreciate her bringing that up. We do have a system team that is working across um, our markets to um, create some operational fidelity around these programs, and so a lot, a lot is happening there. I believe the second question was around Kaiser. This is an interesting um, one. Go yeah. ahead, Con. Well, state the question as you go into it, just to refresh listeners, if you would. Yeah, thank you for the radio etiquette. Um, this is actually a good life etiquette as well. So the question was, I'll, I'll summarize it. How is the governor's um, new relationship with Kaiser and their collaboration with FQHCs and rural health centers going to impact Mendocino County? And what's Kaiser? Kaiser is a fully integrated health system uh, nationwide that um, provides um, at its primary goal is to provide insurance to folks and then it's a very it's a closed network of hospitals and and and, and providers that you stay inside of um, very large one of the largest um, healthcare systems in the nation got it okay including California the history of them was they came out of Kaiser Steel in Fontana California and it was a um, the union coming up coming up with a way to provide health insurance to their to their employees. So a good organization, but also when you become that influential, you you really create um, energy around you. And so to the point where they are an influencer even at the state level. And mm -hmm. so what's happening? And I'm not the the best one to speak to the details, but uh, the governor has asked Kaiser to be a thought leader and partner with uh, federally qualified health centers to. Um, of bringing their workflows and their models into the clinics. I think what has created some concern, this isn't necessarily just Avenus Health, but um, even the other health insurance providers like Partnership Health of California, like HealthNet slash, uh, I can't remember what they're called right now, Optum, um, is what if Kaiser comes into communities that they've been serving and pulls off the healthy low-income population and leaves other other payers saddled with the unhealthy lower income population when you start to break apart risk i'll use the term risk pools like that there's concern that there's going to be pulling margin and cream off the top same thing i talked about earlier that's a fear that's valid um i like i said i think kaiser's an excellent organization one to be taken very seriously yeah go ahead marvin but but kaiser that's how kaiser operates in a regular world they're not taking elderly medicare patients their basis of their business is that you're a healthy employed individual that's how you get kaiser um and i think that that's their <clears throat> that's 
you know, they're, they're a great system, but they're taking care of the healthy employed. Right, and so a lower risk population is the portion that's the younger and healthier, in quotations, population versus yeah. the right. the very sick, the elderly, the disabled, the high risk. Cobb, do you know the concept of a, like a Pareto? Does that ring a bell a to Pareto? you? Pareto? Yeah, so no, Pareto no. is actually an Italian mathematician, but... It's a, mm. it's a it's a theory that about 80% of your issue, or excuse me, 20% of your issue on whatever it may be, uh, 80% of your issue may exist within 20% of your population. And so Very applying true. that to healthcare. Um, That's like probability are, curves, right? A little bit. Yeah, okay, go on. Here is there are a minority of our neighbors that drive a majority of the cost. Right. Right. And I think that's important to be aware of. And I think we all need to rally around. We are all here for everyone. I mean, Mendo helps Mendo. There's no one that's not a part of Mendo. You don't isolate anyone out. You don't cherry pick who you want to serve. If you're in it, you're in it. I think, I think that's one thing that's I've really appreciated about this. Um, and you know, again, I think we we do have that in this community, Marvin. Um, I think I think we have a great sense of serving the community, but it does not as to what percentage of our uh, expenses comes from drug and alcohol issues. And someday, I hope that we can do some preventative things like better elementary schools, et cetera, et cetera, increased forestry or whatever. But we're spending millions and millions of dollars on methamphetamines and alcohol and opiates. And it's a huge drain on the system. Yeah. So I want to interrupt just for a moment, let everyone know that they are listening to KZYX. And our guest today with Dr. Marvin Trotter is Judson Howe. You're the president or director of hospitals. Is that the proper title? Oh, man. I'm like the, the, the chief servant, I think. Chief is, servant? We just call him Hefe. Okay. Uh, for five hospitals in the region, correct? It's yes. six, yeah. Six. Okay, um, we do have a caller waiting, and uh, thanks for waiting, caller. It's going to be a little bit more. It seems like now's the time to uh, give our guest a chance to speak to the priority of prevention regarding Adventist health. You, right? Oh, dude, I thought there was a caller. I missed that call, I guess. Well, we can take their call in a moment. I, yeah, Marvin was it. speaking to prevention, so I just wanted oh, no, to give you a chance not, to I'm really delve into that for a moment. And what's... I'm ready for the next call. Oh, okay. Welcome to Mind, Body, Health. You're live on the radio. Well, thank you for taking my call. So I would like to hear um, what is going on with the street medicine program and what is Adventist's role in that program? Um, uh, yeah, so I'll take my I'll take the answer on the air, please. Okay, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm glad Dr. Uh, Trotter's here with me. Unfortunately, Dr. Ace Barish is not here, and and others. Um, many of you are aware of maybe attended the Rural Health Rocks in the past. Uh, Dr. Mimi Doohan, thought leader in setting up a family practice residency. So. I'll let Marvin, uh, Dr. Trotter, really answer this question, but we support it with professionals and resources and time um, and programs. So I'll let Dr. Trotter talk, through that, talk that through. Uh, Dr. Barish could give you a better answer, but there's a, a weekly um, attempt uh, to go out to the um, shelters. They have a van. They have an FMP. They have support staff. Uh, we bring them in to 1050 North State Street to be seen. They set up appointments for them. Uh, they make a big effort trying to reach the street medicine people. They're doing HIV testing now as well. And you recently brought on a guest from the street medicine program. That was maybe a month or so ago, correct? Yes. And, um, okay, great. So that's another way is stay tuned to Mind, Body, Health and... Marvin keeps bringing these excellent guests on who are representatives of these programs to go into more detail. Yeah, I, could, I couldn't be more proud of the residency. And, yeah. and again, we, the, again, I just want to remind listeners, and I, I know he's here in the studio with me, but 
the the wave of physicians we were able to pull in as a community in the late 70s and 80s was uh, unparalleled um i you you know who they are maybe you took your kids to them for many years maybe you went yourself um we were blessed with an amazing uh crop of of primary care physicians that were in it for all the right reasons. Um, unfortunately, we can't put them in in a, in a Walt Disney, uh, you know, frozen state forever. And that's really why the family practice residency exists. And we really ask the community to support that. It's imperative that we train locally the next um, generation of primary care physicians, especially while we have the trotters and bearishes. And I don't mean to limit just those two, the MCHC providers. We have some amazing providers that are committed to passing on their wealth of knowledge that is very unique and uh, rural grown, locally grown that needs to be passed on to the next generation. And so the way that you can help is, again, I'll just kind of remind folks kind of back to Norm's question a bit ago, Norm Duvall. Um, the if you're shopping on School Street, if you're shopping on Main Street, if you're shopping in Fort Bragg downtown, I ask you, this is not an Adventist health question, shopping local creates jobs, shopping local, choosing local providers, and I'm not saying Adventist health, but choosing local providers for care that you receive sustains the community. Um, I know Norman tries to put it on me to, to make that statement of where we're going. We're going to go where the community goes is, is the answer. Yeah. Well, I think the you know, I'm an. I was trained as an internist, but I think that uh, having a local primary care, FMP, PA, internist, family practice doc, is essential for the rest of the care. When I was an internist and somebody had an orthopedic problem, I referred them to Dr. Bowen or Dr. Hook, and uh, everything was wonderful nine out of ten times. But once you establish your practice or your healthcare outside of the county. That dollar has left the county, and that's why I do the same thing. I try to shop on Main Street and School Street and keep money in the clinic and money in the mm-hmm. city. So we have another caller okay. waiting. Okay. Welcome to Mind, Body, Health. You're live on the radio. Uh, good morning. Earlier, uh, Judson, you mentioned a woman in, in, from Walala who's in her, I guess, 90s and wondering how she's going to stay the rest of her life at home. Yeah. My family has six people in their 90s in different states of health and care. What do you see over the next 10 years for those of us who are now 70 as we go forward in this realm? Are you getting worried, Richard? <laughs> yeah. Good morning. Uh, I'll tell you my what gets me up in the morning or what I what I wake up to do every day is there are key services that we have to have. We can't be everything to all people. There is a place uh, that we to build the continuum with cities in the urban centers, UCSF, CPMC. We have, we're blessed with some amazing academics up here. UC Davis is a great hospital. Um, even, even Providence St. Joe's, downtown Santa Rosa and Sutter Santa Rosa are great, great hospitals. And we have them right down the pipeline. What our role is to, uh, to do is to figure out what can we bring in locally for the reasons that we just mentioned a moment ago. So I think about things like, you know, um, interventional cardiology. That has to be in Mendocino County. Um, Physicians tell me time is muscle. And I think we have to work together as a community to create that in this community. We're going to have to invest three to $400 million in Ukiah Valley to make that happen. So we're going to, you know, we're going to need a lot of lift from the community on that one. That has to happen. Um, we've done a great job working with uh, hospitals in Santa Lina and in Santa Rosa to pull this off. The time is to, the time is now to bring it back into Mendocino County. Um, stroke care, right? I mean, um, the door that from incident to TPA, which I'll let Dr. Trotter talk about what TPA is, um, is, is important for your long-term outcome on, and what, you know, on how you're going to your long-term rehab and so near near neurology is an important service to have rheumatology um endocrinology um i wish we could all drop our bmis i'm a bit overweight myself i wish we all drop our bmis and our risk and risk factors down um i don't see that happening right away until marvin builds a soccer team for everybody in 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 the county um but there are services that have to come back local 
And I will tell you, I kind of alluded to it a second ago. Right now, the cost of a hospital bed in California is about $4 million. $4 million? $4 million. It used to be $1 million. Yeah. So, um, one, wow. if anyone's tried to build a home in Mendocino County lately, um, it's it's next to impossible the to get the contractors, the lumber, the you know the sta- the the labor shortage is affecting everybody and so yes it's about four million dollars so you know let's say this community needs a hundred beds in Ukiah plus twenty five on the coast twenty five in Willits at one hundred fifty beds in Mendocino County plus another fifty in Lake County because you guys know Lake County comes through Ukiah even when they're going to Santa Rosa they're coming through Ukiah um, this community needs probably, you know, X number of beds in the Ukiah Valley. And, and to build that or renovate our current facility is going to be a two to $400 million project. So I have a, a question just to sum that up for you. Mm-hmm. Sounds like your answer as far as the aging population that's going to keep getting older here, two of the priorities that you're seeing are intervention care brought here locally uh, for specifically for heart attacks and for strokes, which I know working as an EMT is a big deal with an emergency. They're getting flown to faraway places. Yeah, no uh, for that I, care. I wish that, I had you with me all the time to make to bring me back to the question and the point. So let me kind of restate it. We need we need um, a combination of um, high acuity based interventional care. We also in the next ten years to the to the listener's point. We're gonna have. We are. We are all gonna be innovating rapidly around uh, telemedicine. It's gonna. It's. It's gonna be the space that is gonna move, um, like um, telecommunications has in the last twenty years, or computers have moved. There's gonna be a lot of remote monitoring and remote interventions coming online um, in the next ten years. I'm not. I don't have a crystal ball on what it's gonna look like, but we're gonna be playing in that space. Um, I think about again the the folks in Round Valley. You know, are yes, there's good tribal clinic up there, but um, there's a lot more care that needs to be provided. So it sounds like a way to meet that as another priority is getting good internet connectivity in rural areas, so people that are aging at home have internet at home to interface with what's coming, which is telemedicine improvements. Yeah, I think the coast has some unique challenges with the, with the Redwoods, right? I mean, the Starlink is actually bringing a lot of um, cool broadband opportunities to communities that didn't have it before. I think the ranches on the inland side of the county are, are now having access they've never had before at very fast speeds. Um, but talking to folks on the coast, you get, um, you know, we, we, we all like to live in the, in the forest, you know, and you can't really get direct line of sight to the sky. So we do need to be investing um, into, into fiber on the coast. Got it. And we have a caller that's been waiting. Welcome to Mind, Body, Health. Thanks for waiting. You're live on the radio. Go ahead with your question. Hi, are you talking to me? Yeah, yeah you're live on the radio. Okay. I heard your uh, recommendation for Kaiser, and I've got to respectfully uh, disagree. Um, I was in Oakland, and my um, my husband had uh, had to use Kaiser. He was barred from using the medications that worked for him. He had to use the formulaic, which didn't work. In addition, he had a challenge with one of his kidneys. He had his kidney removed. Um, he got a staph infection after the uh, the surgery. So, he so listener, what what's your question about Kaiser? It's it's, it's a criticism of Kaiser. I think oh yeah, we're gonna move on then. We're gonna move on then. Um, Doctor, uh, I mean, um, uh, Judson had to leave to go to another meeting, so you have me for the next couple of minutes. Well, yeah, I, as far as I know, the point yeah. wasn't any advocacy for Kaiser. He was uh, just yeah. remarking on Kaiser interacting with the governor, which is an answer to another right. listener's it's a question. Other issue. Yeah. Right. The um, um, thing. Uh, I'll, Judson had to leave, and I hope that he gave you an overview that the daunting thing to me, having been CMO at the hospital, et cetera, et cetera, when you're talking about two and four hundred million dollars to bring Mendocino County up to the level of medical care that he wants to see with CAS and interventional radiology, neurology, it's a very hard thing to do uh, with the population that we have of Medicare and Medi-Cal. My hopes is that the family practice program and their primary care 
is going to rejuvenate the uh, growth of family physicians that are taking care of you and know your family. With that basis, I think anything's possible. But building a new hospital or an outpatient um, radiology center is very, uh, very uh, tough to come by. So I have a question for you, Marvin. Um, It's clear that it was quite a challenge to get uh, Judson to be on the radio because he's busy. He's directing six hospitals. It's clear that our listeners have a lot of questions. How do they follow up with those questions to get them answered, like with the hospital system, to the best of your knowledge? You know, they have these open mic things with Judson for the hospital. I don't know how much the um, public is uh, available for that, but he regularly does open mic questions with the hospital employees um, in these um, little informative parties they have. I don't know the answer to your question. Is that something you could take a note on and maybe yes. get an answer? Because yeah, I'll, I'll get an answer for you next time. Is it, I mean, do they have like a, a public interface program at all where people are able to leave questions or call a number? And I have no idea. Okay. Yeah. Nope. Seems like it'd be useful. Right. I, you know, and then I know they support this radio show, which is another avenue. And we do have a caller waiting. Okay, let's take the call as a last call. Yep. Welcome to Mind Body Health. You're live on the radio. Go ahead with your question. Is that me? Yeah, yeah, you're live on the radio. Thanks for holding. And Hi. Go ahead with your question. Hi. Hi, Dr. Trotter. Did you know that Blue Shield started in 1929 in Dallas, Texas? I did know that. You did? Yes, because I went to medical school in Dallas. And saw a big plaque on one of the hospitals. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, Blue Shield and uh, Blue Cross, or no, 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 I, I got that wrong. Blue Cross started in Dallas. And uh, Blue Cross is the one that started in Dallas in 1929. And then in 1935, Blue Shield from Oakland got. Uh, got together with Blue Cross and Blue Shield. And for me, it was when I learned of Blue Cross and Blue Shield, uh, my mind was blown because they offered what no other company had offered before. Their attitude, uh, their openness, uh, their willingness to help, to be inclusive of all was a mind blower. Uh, so I am just thrilled that uh, this relationship uh, continues. Do, do you know if Blue Shield is nonprofit? Because it started it as a nonprofit. Yeah. No, I don't. I'm. Um, um, I'm gonna. I have to go uh, to an appointment myself. I'm gonna get off the air here. Before I did, um, I wanted to say I saw Judson trying to get healthy at the gym. And that was encouraging that, and you know, he had enough sense to know that he can't be boss to six hospitals without getting in the gym. And with him was Fernando Meza, a uh, guy that provides mindful meals. And if you want to eat better, uh, Fernando Meza and mindful meals go. Because the last thing I'm going to say is that healthcare needs healthier people, and we need to have healthier lifestyles. If we're going to not spend all of our money on health care, one out of every five dollars spent in the United States now is on health care. And there's 10,000 new medical Medicare patients a day. I have to run. Thank you very much, Cobb. All right. Thanks, Dr. Marvin Trotter, for being host here on Mind Body Health today. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.